just realized that we uh, went recording. That's okay. So we'll just have to start again. I'm sorry. That's absolutely fine. Lucas Silvera. <laughs> no, I hit record, but I didn't hit the little red records on this thing. So it was it was going. I thought it was going, but it wasn't going. I apologize, right, man. Listen, I've had plenty oh, of technical issues. The fuck the ups. Way. They always happen, eh? Oh, they're the worst. I got all this set up well in advance. I was ready to rock. That's the only thing I didn't do. And then there you go. But you were just introducing yourself and you've been in this industry as a podcaster for a year. Yes. Um, and you're, you've got you've got some sponsorships already. I think it was you got Monarch Financial, Mon- it, and, Monarch Financial Group. That's right. And um, Manscaped. Yes, Manscaped. Bro, how'd you land Manscaped? You know what? I don't know. Like, I, did they reach out to you, or what's the? Yeah, I just I was going through my um, message requests. I do it once a week just yeah. to see if people are reaching out, trying to get on the show or whatever. And I get this guy, and he's just shot me a random message, and he's like, "Hey, we want to sponsor you." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool." You know? Yeah, we thought it was spam or something the first day. Yeah, you know, I'm always suspicious. <laughs> my my Instagram DMs are cesspool of just yeah, spam. Yeah. yeah. And and he's like, "Oh, we want to sponsor you. What's your email?" Shot them my email, whatever. And then a couple of days later, I get something from Manscaped. I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" That's legit. A full yeah. Sponsorship. And then before you know it, I was signing contracts and nice. getting all these like links and referral codes and it's a whole process. Yeah, and nice. I've got a really good system over at Manscaped yeah, yeah. and, you know, shout out to Manscaped. They've taken guys. over, bro. Literally. Yeah. I bought Manscaped. I, I, I love I'm a fan. Promo code to wear for 20% off. <laughs> yeah. Link it, hit it, cut me in on 10. No. But, but so is this, is this sort of like side hustle for you or side gig on the side or is it this is the next 10 years of my life yeah nice you're planning out to sort of transition to just full-time full-time as soon as i can good that's awesome every waking minute every spare second i have every chance i i get to either be editing researching or talking to people i'm always doing it beautiful this is all i want to do but i love it man you're so inspired for 20 22 years old with that sort of inspiration to look at the next 10 years to be doing man that's fantastic well i guess you know i think much like yourself we're talking a little bit off air you growing up you find yourself in these weird dead-end jobs or you find yourself hanging around people that you don't really vibe with 100 percent um and it's just trial and error right you're just tasting certain things oh i'm gonna go and be a sprinkler fitter for example and you do that for a year and you're like "Eh, it's not for Mm. me i'm gonna go be an accountant you try that for a year and i think once you find that thing that really motivates you and drives you in the morning it's just you ha- naturally you just put any more than anything else. So true. When you really enjoy it, they say you you don't work if you you don't work a day in your life if you love what you do. Yeah. And this is um this is wonderful because you meet so many different people, right? Like man, over the over the years I've done and I'm sure over the year you've had, you, you meet just so many different people trying to do different things, but everyone's almost just trying to do the same thing, and that's be successful or just achieve whatever they're trying to achieve. Yeah. And it almost you learn so much, man. Like that's the beautiful thing about this. Yeah. Because I'm sure after today, I'm going to take away a lot from yourself and probably vice versa. Absolutely. Because it's not this whole thing, and we're also saying the community of of podcasting in this particular environment is very small. Mm-hmm. So the more we can share this around and, and enjoy each other and, and learn, enjoy each other, learn from each other and chat with each other, it's just going to help everyone do better and, and hopefully get more traction so people want to start doing this more. Cause yeah, for sure. And, you know, one of the kind of overarching things that I want to do in the podcasting space, particularly in Sydney, is make sure that it's very community-based. I want you to feel comfortable that you can come onto my show and yeah. promote your stuff and we can have interesting conversations yeah. and vice versa and then bring on, you know, Night Talk podcast or The Lebby or wh- whoever mm. the name is. I want it to feel like we can all depend on each other because it's a very lonely game out there. Yeah, it is. It's not it? like 
there's heaps of infrastructure and this is how you do a podcast and this is the right way to do it. If you go into yeah. something like radio where there's a lot more, um, there's a lot bigger organizations which are really there to support you yeah. and are there to train you in the right way and this is how you use the tech and this mm. is how you record and this is how you edit and you've got that infrastructure behind you, then it's going to be a lot easier to rise to the top. Definitely. But in podcasting, you're completely independent. Well, bro, as well, podcasting is no is not as rigid as radio because radio, for most of it, if you're reading off of things, right, it's more of a, hey, say this at this time. Whereas podcast, Good morning and welcome to 106.5 <laughs> today yeah. with. You know, it's got that, where with this, it's just boom, off the cuff. Like you've just got to be able to sit down and have the chat. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes it wonderful because it's just all on your feet as you go. No scripting, no planning. Just off your run, but I um, do. You, do you work? So, what do you do for a living? Like full time? So, I um, have juggled lots of jobs in the past. Yeah. Um, I've tried my game in finance. Tried hitting Wall Street a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Tried doing the crypto thing. Um, I think my bread and butter is my parents own a restaurant out yeah. in Weatherall Park. Um, mm. it's called Trees of Chasers. Oh yeah, yeah. So they started that in 2015, and I have to say, man, like their determination and their grit and their ability to push forward in um, face of adversity is what really I've learned from that. That's beautiful, bro. Yeah. Because they would have copped it through COVID, oh, especially yeah. there. Obviously Uber. And a lot of people forget, like if you're a restaurant or a, or a cafe or a business that serves food, you'll be right with Uber Eats or with takeaway. It's not always the case. Like if people are driving through and they see a line, mm. they're more inclined to go, what the hell's going on in that spot? And, and nine times out of 10, they might even get out and line up too. Um, that's just how humans operate. So if that visual aspect isn't there, the business is suffering. Yeah, know? and I think it goes beyond that, man. We're, we're creatures of habit, right? Yeah. Like we're creatures of we constantly want to do the same things and be. we have very strict routines. Yeah. You know, I know that on Tuesdays I'm listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. On Wednesdays I'm watching The Voice or whatever it is. Yeah. Like we have routines. Mm. So I think for new and upcoming businesses in whatever field, but particularly in food, it's very hard to break people's cycle of going to McDonald's, going to KFC, mm. going to Domino's. And these guys have built billions of dollars at their disposal so true so true and that's what you're up against and so i think you know for smaller businesses during covid i really empathize with them and yeah. i think that's what really motivated me to start the podcast to begin with was that i felt there was just this mass propaganda this mass messaging of lockdown stay home yeah. close your doors and we'll help you we'll help you and unfortunately 750 dollars a week doesn't cut it for <laughs> most individuals, let alone businesses, which still have to pay rent, yep. which still have to pay utilities, which still have to pay produce, yep. still have to pay staff. Bro, the way, they, the way they handled people's livelihoods and just said, yeah, that's the decision mm -hmm. without any uh, evidence, yeah, without any factual evidence to say, hey, we're actually doing this because we know that this is going to stop this. Yeah, They just did it on a hunch, really, in my opinion. And pe people's businesses... Some never recovered. Mm -hmm. You know, some gyms, some cafes, a lot of places like that. And I, the first lockdown or the first wave, hairdressers were open. Do you remember that? Do you remember the first wave we had? It feels like a lifetime ago. It does. It? Because the last one, everything was shut down. So the first wave, hairdressing and building was still allowed to continue. Right. Because I was getting my hair cut. Right. Throughout COVID, I, still, I found it very strange I could get my hair cut. Building though, you could still work. Mm -hmm. And then the, the second wave of lockdown, they just said everything shut down. Yeah. I thought, why the fuck can a hairdresser be allowed to be open during a pandemic? Yeah. But then like a beauty salon can't be. 
yeah. or something like that. I think there was a lot of hypocrisies throughout the whole thing. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of like, why can this stay open and not this? And I just think that the the real I can I can imagine it a snap response, right? You know, there's this whole weird pandemic thing going on. A yeah. lot of people are dropping dead. You're seeing the footage that's coming out of Italy and you go, oh, okay, yeah. shit, like we just need a, a response right now. Let's yeah. play it safe. Let's close the thing down. Yeah. But as more evidence came out and as case numbers still kept going up, even though we were locked down and a mm -hmm. lot of scientific reports were going out saying that things like vitamin D, things like sunlight, yep. things like daily exercise mm -hmm. help prevent you know, not just COVID, but in this case, COVID, yeah. um, help improve your immune system to make sure that you can, you have the highest likelihood of surviving it. Mm. When that information isn't being spread, but hand sanitizer, masks, and stay home. Oh, no. Like... The masks and the sanitizer. Some shops wouldn't let you walk in without putting sanitizer on your hands. Really? Fo Foot Locker was one of them. Shout out to Foot Locker, but fucking not shout out, whatever the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, calling out Foot Locker yeah. right now. <laughs> Fuckers, like, man, I walked in and the lady's like, you have to sanitize. I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. And she like followed me around the store. I'm like, what the f this is weird. Yeah. Everyone got really weird because like someone would hear something, whether mm. it be a news report or a journalist or whatever, and they would hear that and someone would have a conflicting belief or understanding. Yeah. And then they would clash. Like, you know, for example, I don't necessarily think hand sanitizer does much, but some people might think it does. But that's, that's that was. Why do you think that? Well, but there's this thing because you're rubbing all the dirt into your hands. I see. You're not washing it, on, like, you're not actually rinsing it so off. So you just, don't think there's like active chemicals inside the hand sanitizer that help kill 99.9999%? I do, but you're not, you're sort of just circulating it. You I know, see. you're just doing that and circulating. I, I'm not a scientist. Yeah. Right? But. Anyways, I don't like sanitizer. It feels weird on my hands too. Yeah, no. Same way I don't like sunscreen. It just feels weird. Yeah, I don't know. and I think the beauty of living in a democracy and living in a country where you can voice those opinions is that you don't have to use hand sanitizer if you don't want to. Unless you go to Foot Locker. Unless you go to Foot Locker, <laughs> but don't go there. <laughs> no, but like it was, that's, all I was trying to point out is some people just didn't really weren't overly concerned about those types of things, but others were. Yeah. Exactly. So created this, this polarized po population almost where this guy's on, well, no, I don't want to do this because I don't think I have to. And then this person's like, well, what? Yeah. You see videos, Paul, we're not wearing a mask. Oh, you're not doing this. Yeah. It's like, dude, like, why are you worrying about me? Yeah. You know, I, it was, all, it just, I felt like after the last two and a bit years, this division, mm. it was almost like, well, they were trying to wedge in this like separation of the jabbed and the unjabbed. And, it was like they let the let us out, the, let the people out first that were vaccinated. Yeah, Remember, like six weeks. Yeah, and the rest of us had to stay home. They weren't vaccinated, which like, no one listened to. No, it's no one listened. And when to. you hear that nonsense, that was what was really frustrating. Honestly, for the whole for me anyway, it's like, man, you're making all these decisions without really having anything to back it up. Yeah, and there's actual doctors that are saying what you're saying is incorrect. Like you're saying to get the vaccine because you want to protect your grandma. There's doctors that are actually saying you can't protect your grandma by getting the vaccine. Well, I think the irony of it is that the nature of science and the nature of medicine is that there are going to be polarizing beliefs. Yeah. They're going to go clash head to head. And the idea of that is that you're going to get new ideas from that. And you're going to get, yeah. you're going to form better ideas because you're listening to the opposite side. And yeah. they're going to form better ideas because they're listening to you. And then there's going to be consensus of like meeting in the middle. Yeah. Like you can you can debate any medicine, you can debate any vaccine, you can debate any form of like 
modern medicine in a scientific way and find people that are going to agree with it and disagree Correct. with it. And you're going to find big pharmaceutical companies like um, like Pfizer, like Purdue Pharma, mm. that are just going to incentivize scientists to play alongside. Correct. Them. And I don't want to come across as like a conspiracy nut, but I just um, finished watching, have you watched Dope Sick? Dope Sick? No. Dope Sick. It's a documentary on Disney+. Plus. I highly recommend it. Yeah. What's Is it about uh, opioids? Yes, it is. Okay, I think I've heard about this, but I haven't watched it. Yes, no. it's very good. And it kind of goes into detail about the OxyContin um, epidemic that happened throughout the 90s into the early 2000s. Yeah. And essentially what happened was you had this big company called Purdue Pharma. Yeah. And they were run by a very elite family called the Sackler family. Okay. And they had generations and generations of wealth. Like we're talking in the billions of dollars. I've never heard of this family. It's, oof, dude, it's always like, Rockefeller or Rothschild. You yeah, know, you want to talk about real Illuminati. You want to go into the Illuminati? Wow, the Sacklers are like in the middle of it. The Sacklers. The Sacklers. Interesting. Even their name sounds evil, right? It does, right? But it, they're, so they're sort of what behind the farmer. Oh yeah, absolutely. So they mm. they essentially what they did is they in order to become like the president of the FDA, which is the organization that approves drugs yep. and food for wholesale, yeah. you know, and like legalize it so that you can sell it to the public. Yeah. In order to become the president of that, you would literally have to sit down and have a meeting with Arthur Sackler, who was really? like the head honcho. So oh, wow. you had the pharmaceutical companies which were governing the who could be instated as the president of the organization that's supposed to govern them. Like the what? corruption was just all over. What year was this? This was, I mean, it goes back to about the 50s. Wow. But I think you really saw, because the Sackler family invented Valium. They invented oh. Oxycontin. They invented like a whole bunch of pharmaceuticals, which to this day are highly addictive. Bro, yeah, like there's the big thing in America now is fentanyl. Yes. Um, Rogan was talking about it with Theo Vaughn, and I think he was saying the biggest killer from the age of 18 to 40 in the, in the United States at the moment is fentanyl. Right. For 18 to 40. Isn't that a fucking crazy statistic? It's disgusting. Because that – and I, don't, I know fentanyl is a – it's a drug that's used for certain, like for medical procedures. It's, I'm sure it's just a painkiller, right? It's it's some form of drug, but apparently you can't even touch it. Yeah. It's, uh, less than half a penny will kill you if mm. you if you in, uh, take in more than half a penny's worth of, of fentanyl. Yeah. And, bro, there's, there's, particularly in the States, their problem, I don't know if you've ever, you've probably watched plenty of things about all this stuff now, but... The, the, their problem is not just fentanyl. They've got a list, man, like the Valiums, like the Xanax, like yeah. everything else because they just get it, boom, slapped on them straight away. Well, my dad had a um, an accident about three to four years ago now. Okay. And basically he was working with an angle grinder, yeah. constructing one of our new stores, yeah. and he didn't have the safety on the blade. Yeah. Rookie mistake, shouldn't have done it, yeah. but it happened. He's ended up tearing up like his entire forearm from oh, about here shit. to here. His entire one from there oh, wow. narrowly missed his head and cut like all down his leg. Like he did a good job. Bro. He really cut himself up nice. Wow, so from once, just one side and then yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really f fucked it up. And he's nice very one. lucky to be alive. Thank God. Is his movement all normal? So through rehabilitation, he's been able to get most of his motion back. Wow. He still has like a lot of cramps and stuff. But that's just because the nerve endings are growing back. That's insane. Anyways, the point of bringing you that story is yeah. that he was immediately prescribed OxyContin yeah, straight away. Straight away, yeah. And he's, you know, he's an immigrant. He doesn't come from the education background that um, my mother or I do. And he, 
in any other normal circumstance, he would have just taken it. Mm. And anyone that knows a little bit about Oxycontin knows that it's essentially heroin. Yeah. It's legalized heroin. Literally. And it's very addictive. The addictiveness rate is like that yeah, straight away. Stupid, yeah. It's, it's insane. And if it wasn't for, you know, having that information available to him, he would have just gotten hooked on Oxycontin and, you know, fuck knows where he'd be now. Bro, yeah, they, uh, for most stuff, when it's pain, they'll mm-hmm. just endone or something like that. Yeah. It's usually just quick. It's not even a yeah. morphine, that type of stuff. And a lot of those drugs are synthesized versions of plants. Yeah. So they'll fight the plant. They exist in, or they already exist, mm. and the pharma companies synthesize them and then patent them and then sell them. Yeah. Um, which is how most drugs arrive on the scene. That's from what I've understood anyway. But like there's certain things like from turmeric, which is really good for shrinking like, tumors and stuff, where from various different stuff, again, don't quote me on it. That's just speculation and for what I've read and heard and whatnot. But just as an example, so the fact that they've, They've taken over the opioid space and literally it's the biggest industry, man. Oh, it's yeah. They were making huge. hundreds of millions of dollars a month. Worth? It's probably still, bro. It's never. I think it's become a bit heavily regulated now because they've been hit with all these really heavy lawsuits. But I know at its peak, they're making at minimum $100 million a month. That's insane. They literally had statues that would get transported from Egypt into their like castles brick by brick and people would stack them up again. And then these are the same, this is the same industry that has come to us and said, oh, we have a vaccine for you. There's no side effects. And it's a hundred percent approved by all our scientists. Like, of course it is. You've got billions of dollars to pay off whoever you need to pay off in order to do it. Um, But it doesn't take long. doesn't take much to look into that, to think like that, right? You you just need to, pay attention a little bit you know i think there's comfort man i think there's comfort in playing along with the narrative and yeah. you see the numbers slashed at you every single day and you see you know there's a lot of propaganda built into the system and there's probably a lot of valid information as to why some form of vaccination is more effective on people than others like i'm not completely Correct. anti-vaccine yeah. i just don't think the public has been served the full image oh, yeah, and definitely. that was kind of the ethos as to why i wanted to start the podcast in the first place as i was finding out all this information about oxy and the and purdue and you know and pfizer and all the all this corruption that was going on yeah and I was like, you know what? Like, I've got all this information. No one wants to hear it. No one cares about it. Like, let me just put it out there on the internet and see what happens. Mm. And I, it's not something I visit often. It's not something I talk about very frequently. Yeah. But I just like having the option of if I do find out something interesting, I can share it with people. And if they do like hearing it, then I keep, yeah. keep talking about it. And, you know, I think you've probably find that through the process of podcasting and making connections with new people, you have the very unique ability of learning correct you like a podcast is essentially a self-education right like how many guests have you had on at this point on my show there's probably 16 17 yeah 16 17 and those are 16 17 unique stories unique individuals unique perspectives that you wouldn't have heard in any other circumstance exactly it's so true man why did you start why did i start i've always had a knack for it i've really enjoyed just talking to people always been a bit of a social butterfly. Yeah. COVID sort of removed that and then having kids also does that. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> You're always just strapped in with the kids. But no, I, I just love getting to know people, man, but it's something I've always enjoyed. Yeah. It's almost like a release, you know, having the ability to just talk and talk about issues that, again, like what you were saying, to be honest, I, I actually was very quiet throughout COVID. I didn't really do any podcasting um, because I didn't want to – I didn't get, want to get myself removed from everything, first of all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got, I, that happened before COVID, but 
honestly before COVID. I've, the Instagram, my first Instagram got wiped. Really? For some, yeah. Tagged them for being pedo protectors and <laughs> they didn't like it. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein himself did yeah. it. He was like, Bro, I don't know what it was, man. They, they don't tell you. They just, I didn't get a warning, nothing. It just whacked me, boom. But um, I, I got into it because I just generally enjoy it, man. And being yeah. in the, the job I have as a broker, just hand in hand, you know, fits. Mm. Um, but yeah, man, it's just, you know, we were talking about this before. You know, you're sitting around with your mates and you're having a golden conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, man, last Friday, sharing a doobie with my mates and we were just having a perler of a conversation and i just thought imagine you had a fucking microphone right here yeah this would be absolute gold yeah that was pretty much what got me into it right that was probably the first thought i had there's so many things i've talked about with my mates over the years that if we were recording it it would be amazing mm-hmm. at least i think anyway yeah. whether i'm i always <laughs> i always say to my mates we should if we you know we have a bucks party or something someone strap a gopro to their head just to <laughs> watch what happens <laughs> if you could have something like that for podcast bro <laughs> you know it's it's just uh, the, the amount of things that you think about the amount of conversations you would have had just in your close circles mm-hmm. the depths you go to the things that you talk about things you look up and research if you could amplify that and let people hear it and if it hooks on and people like it well, there you go. And I think there's a craving for that kind of content. Yeah. Because I think through a lot of, and I don't like to demonize social media because I utilize it and I put out a lot of short form content, but I think because the nature of just swiping constantly yeah. all day has really gotten people used to these three to five second sound bites. Mm. When you do have that experience of listening to something longer form, it's really, it's almost like you're a fly on the wall yeah. in the room and you're part of the conversation. That's yeah. what makes, you know, people like Joe Rogan so intoxicating is yeah. because you feel like you're there hanging out with Eddie Bravo. That's so true. Even though you never, Bro, I never, yeah, never, never thought about it like that. It's so true. Mm. You get, you get intrigued and you, you literally feel like you're in their life yeah. because it's just, so, and they are the, that he's, he's the master of it, right? Absolutely. Like he, he's the, uh, the, sensei because it just doesn't matter who it is and can i just say man i'm really excited to be able to share this space with you because you you were one of the first ones that i know of to do podcasting in oh really yeah like i watched your episode with i don't know if it's still up but with good night to everyone yeah yeah i was watching it today i actually tried to ring him oh no way i rang him today because i'm like man we should sorry to cut you off but to jump back in and talk about why you cut the, shut the page down um, because I really enjoyed that conversation he was brilliant he had Bro. the best memes like everyone from the area knows oh good night to everyone it was the best meme page Benny the Alien oh my god Benny the Alien those stories would crack me up and then Bro. I saw he was on your podcast I'm like that's insane yeah yeah he's, like, a, good, he's a really really good guy I man bet. he's so funny he's knack for, for that that humour and the way he would trash Arabs yeah. was just it was wonderful being, being a wog being an Arab it's yeah, relate to it so well. It's beautiful. Well, I think there's like there's something to admire about someone who's got the guts to state something that's obvious but not yeah. stated, right? <laughs> yeah. And he just had that. He saw that the culture was shifting in a certain way and there's yeah. a lot of people that weren't, that were proclaiming to be this very higher up person, right? Like always being judgmental and pushing down. Yeah. And he'd had this way of just bringing them down a notch in such a beautiful artistic yeah. way and just through memes, man. <laughs> like relax, Habibi, like stuff like that. Yeah, exactly, man. So right. simple, but yeah. so just, just it was straight like a, through. It was like a cheeky little slap on the face. You yeah. Know? But he, w- he was really good, man. But, but that's really nice. Thank Thanks for that. Because um, you, don't, uh, you don't know how you're going in this world. You, you, mm. you see your subscribers increase and your, your likes and all those things, but you, um, yeah, it's good, man. I'm glad that you, that you're doing this too, because you've got 10 years on me plus. So <laughs> bro, you've got, you've got the world at your feet, man, because, um, 
you're doing some big things, really. Thank um, you, man. It's it's inspiring because yeah, it's it's a tough game, like we said. It's not it's not everyone's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. But I'm enjoying being able to just deliver some some interesting information to people on their drive home from work or on their way to pick up the kids or whatever it is. Um, and I really, man, I like to. I'm, I'm really the next phase is to start tackling some interesting people. I want to talk to an ex drug user. That's what the re- next person I really want to talk to. Okay, like a reformed drug user. Yeah, so I find. People that can get through really bad addictions mm-hmm. are, must be very, very disciplined and inspiring people. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think I've always wanted to find. So if anyone out there that's that's um, an ex-user that's clean, jump yeah, on. Let's I mean, I think especially if you were able to tackle that opioid market, like people that were on oxy, prescribed oxy, like very innocently, yeah, and then not being able to and being able to kick it, like those withdrawals are so intense. And you know, my uncle was an ex-drug user. Oh no way! Yeah, he was very intense, and I don't know how much I can say about it publicly, but he pretty much did everything under the sun. Okay, right? Like there wasn't anything he was scared of. There wasn't anything he was scared to try. And okay. it took away like forty years of wow. his life and then was he just a fun- high functioning user is that, is no, that no no no, oh, no, okay, no. Okay. he was in and out of jail oh, he, okay okay he yeah he he and the family really suffered because of it but as a result of that his character and his strength and his determination now is uncharted like i've wow. never met anyone like him he's good oh. he's the one that got me into mixed martial arts he's the one that got me my first boxing gloves nice he used to hold pads for me all the time that's awesome and there's a certain level of humility and a certain level of just being able to give to other people unconditionally because mm. you feel as though you've taken so much from the world already. Yeah. And yeah. I, it's, you know, people that do struggle with addiction, people that do push through it, it's it's a very tough spot in life to be in, but there is a silver lining. There is a sunset that you can chase. And yeah. I do hope anyone listening that is struggling with addiction does find a purpose or a reason to do so. Definitely. You don't yeah. have to be hit rock bottom to kick it. You can do it like right this second. It's a Bro, decision away. It is. That's that's all it is. Because we uh, the and the brain's very powerful too. Absolutely. The brain will definitely and that the, the withdrawals, depending on the drug. I, I'm ex like cigarette smoker, and I'll tell you, quitting cigarettes is a very, very difficult thing. I believe you. It is very, very difficult. So yeah. if cigarettes are hard. Um, I can only imagine how difficult opioids would be. And I, I have, have have tried endone in the past and morphine for like when I've been injured or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. You know, it is a, it's a good What's it feeling. Like? What's the drip like? The morphine for me were needles. Okay. And then the endone were tablets. Okay. I never had the button. But I know the button, they shut you off after a certain, I think there's like a, num- a certain amount of clicks per hour or something. Right. But the morphine, like I broke when I broke my wrist, I, got, I was given one, two, and within 20 seconds, boom, no pain. I couldn't feel anything. It was just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So like How would you compare it to like a weed high? It's more body mm-hmm. and it's more intense. So it's not like that's a good question. It's it's got the similar euphoric as a feeling as weed, but mm-hmm. it's definitely not the same painkiller effect. Like with a like fully snapped wrist. Yeah. Like bone snapped, not protruding through the skin, but like snapped. How'd you snap it? I don't think you told Footy me. Footy landing on, landed on it like that and I felt a crunch. Oofed. And I tried to get back up and the skin had, like the bone had broken here and the skin had, the bone had pushed up, but it wasn't protruding through, but there was just like that so much skin. So could you skin. see your own bone? No, but I could okay. see it up there and I could just see skin like that Ugh. here. Yeah, it was, it was pretty nasty. So that instantly gave me the, this was, man, I was in school. I was 15 or something. I'm like an avid MMA fan. Like I, yeah, I love the sport, but I, I suck with injuries. That's why oh, I'll dude. never compete. No, look, yeah. Um, injuries, 
well, if you're jumping into MMA, you just expect to be injured all the time. Yeah. But you try, you, what, you said you're in martial arts. What type of uh, martial arts are you? So I started doing mixed martial arts over at Australian Top Team. Oh, nice. Um, shout out to Australian Top yeah, Team. Yeah, bro. They're, shout out to Australian Top Team. They're actually doing an event, I think, September 4th. Um, and they've got all like the biggest TikTokers in the area. Oh, so, I saw it. Yeah. Uh, with what's her name? Yisra? Is that Yisra the thing? Yisra is going to be there. Castro is going to be there. Soraya is going to be there. And they're just going to. Is that a full of, fight inside the gym? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Like inside an actual cage. Oh, or it's a like, ring. Oh, it's yeah, a yeah. cage fight. Yeah, yeah. With an fight. audience, the whole no lot. Shit. Man. You have to come check it out. Is it at, is it at the gym in the No, no. I think it's at, uh, you know, Bonnery Sports Club? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I it's think a full event. Out. Yeah, dude. Holy shit. I thought, it, bro, so they're actually going to do this. Yeah, yeah, this Fucking is legit. Earth. Okay. And you're still training at MMA? Yeah, so I've taken a little break at the moment just because my trainer's been out. Yeah. Um, but I've been doing it for about a year and a half. Yeah, nice, bro. And, you, you know. Enjoy it? I love it, man. Yeah, man. I'm so addicted to That's it. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I come home with black eyes like every other week. Yeah, And yeah. I'm still like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go next week. Bro, fuck it. It's good. It's, t- it's very... T- um, if you haven't trained in martial arts, mm. it's very confronting and it just hits you in the face, like literally. 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 Yeah, but um, MMA, man, you're li- literally every facet of the sport combined into one. And yeah. I'd imagine the drilling is just the, the training and the fucking relentless preparation just to get fit well, for Well, I man. think the thing that Australian top team really nailed down is that they'll just teach you like a few fundamental skills yeah. and then it's a lot of sparring time. Mm. So I've like prior to this, I'd never thrown a punch in my life. Yeah. I never got into a fight. I just wasn't that guy. Yeah. I, was a, I was a pussy. Yeah, like, yeah. That's just what it came down <laughs> to. And then to go from that to frequently fighting four or five different people at one training session, then the next training session, then the next training yeah, session, yeah, yeah. you build this confidence and this just comfort in being in a fight. Yeah. And the idea of it is that you never have to use it, but mm. if you are in that situation, you know what to do. Definitely. Yeah, man, that's definitely. And, and that feeling if you don't know what to do. You don't want to um, be there, man. Definitely not, man. I've had a few in my life. Yeah. And um, the one time... The, the one that was the biggest one, I, I went, I sort of went, I saw red because like my best mate was, I looked over and was getting hit. So I just like snapped. Yeah. And, and that's probably the opposite of what you should do. Exactly. In that situation. There's, yeah. there's the ability to be calm and composed when Correct. you're under pressure. Yeah. When you're getting your ass hit and you just have to like, no, to cover up or slip or cover. Yeah. I mean, it's very similar in jujitsu, man. It's a, it's a game of chess and it's a game of winning certain positions and then staying defensively disciplined yeah. but still progressing to the next stage. And planning ahead, right? You've got to make sure you're thinking ahead of this guy. If he's going to try and do this, you've got to try and do that. And uh, the one thing I found with jujitsu was – if your opponent is is more aggressive, it naturally increases your aggression. Exactly, and that's probably the same with with MMA, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you got to if they're more aggressive, they're going to dominate you. Yeah. So if like I was, I remember rolling with this younger dude. Um, he's probably 20, 24, 25. and um, he was just pushing the pace, man. Like, and I just quit smoking, by the way. So I was, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, after my, my first class, bro. Oh my god, it was the funniest thing. After my first class, um, you know, when you they did the bow at the end of each class. Mm-hmm. And after my very first one, I actually thought I was going to pass out. Like I was going to throw up and pass out. You know, you get stuck on pale and stuff. So I'm like standing up like this. I'm like, I'm like, and I was, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even that much of a, a an intense class, but I was so fucked because yeah. it was so intense um, because I hadn't done it before. Right. And it's just like, it just completely, every part of my body was sore and fighting endurance is very different to any other kind of endurance i've been a yeah. footballer i've been a long distance runner i've yeah. been a sprinter and i've never been more exhausted after than compared to a training session yeah in Australia. that's true man like there's just a 
there's a different level of focus that you have to have in a fight and the consequences are so high i mean just go to my instagram profile and you'll see it like mm. You know, in one of the videos we did, I got um, Alex Hitman. Oh, to, ta- <laughs> to yeah. re-naked joke. Yeah, he's full re-naked joking me. Oh, that's hilarious. And I passed the fuck out. Yeah. And I tell, I tell you, ever since that day, I've never let anyone take a position from me with ease. Like, because that trauma of being choked unconscious is so strong. Oh, fuck. You know, my mate did that to me once. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't put me to sleep. Mm. But we were in my mate's garage rolling, mucking around. And he just got behind me. Boom, tr- swept me on the ground, and I was like, ooh, <laughs> you know, I tapped. And he's like, yeah, you bitch, you tapped. And since that day, I haven't got him back yet. I've, if I get him, I'll fuck him up now. Don't remember yeah. that. But the, um, the feeling, the trauma, that's the word, bro. Mm. You know what? I actually remember when I was really young, uh, I was probably 19 or something, we were doing it. My mate used to be a security guard, and he did the one where you put your hand up. It's not like, I don't know, the hand was up, and he, got, he choked me somehow. But he said he wasn't going to do it. But then he did it. He goes, if you start feeling like you're going to tap, like go out, just tap and I'll stop. And then I did it and he didn't stop. And then I got, re- I was really like, <gasps> like you know, that panic. <laughs> the panic. In. Yeah. That, bro, that feeling is such an ugly feeling. Mm-hmm. You never want to experience it. Because your survival instincts come into play. Like yeah. we had coordinated the move so that Alex would choke me out and yeah. I wouldn't tap and that would just be it. But as soon as that. You know, and he's a former UFC yeah, fighter, yeah, yeah. so he's legit, and he's yeah, got bro. me in this re naked, and he's holding it super tight, and I'm like, shit, like I can't breathe. There is nothing going on. I can feel my brain just shutting down, isn't it scary? Bit by bit by bit, and then just naturally, I'm like, fuck, fuck, get me out of this, get me out of this, and then I'm like, oh wait, I can't tap, and that panic, that second of like, <gasps> fuck, yeah, and then I was out, yeah, and you just wake up and you don't sort of like, oh, it's weird. It's like it's, it's like you. Well, from what I remember, when, I'm, when my mate almost put me to, he started putting me to sleep and then I was tapping like that and my mate sort of grabbed him and hit him and said, stop, I'll stop. Because <laughs> if you're going to put me to sleep, tell me, right? Like yeah. the way you knew it was coming, yeah. although you didn't want it to happen, your body's natural reaction was, not, at least you know. This guy's like, no, 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 I won't do it. And I'm like, and he's like, he's like <laughs> my mate was just like, you fucking idiot, what are you doing? Um, yeah, so, you know, when you have consequences that high, you're just, your adrenaline's going to be pumping yeah. a lot higher and yeah, you're right. going to be exerting a lot more energy. And that's why I have so much respect for fighters. You know, we named Pauli Tolios before, who's yeah. like an exceptional Muay Thai fighter, and Luke Tyson, and Fahud Kalapar, and, you know, the, the list just goes on and on oh, and bro, on. And Suman and his brother, like, they were sort of pioneers in oh, MMA. Absolutely. From, I spoke to Nadia actually in the last, my last podcast. Ah, right. I, got, I was able to speak to her before. Um, who would she fight? The last fight against Jiyun Kim, her last fight in the UFC in Melbourne. And I went to Melbourne, my mate, my business partner, my mate decided to go to the card. Um, but man, like Australian top team have put a, a shit ton of fighters into the into the UFC. I think it's at least four now. It'd be four. Alex, yeah, there's four. Yeah, Alex, Suman, Suman, Ashkan, Ash, and Nadia. Nadia. And the, 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 from, I watch quite a bit of the stuff in, this, in, the, in the local scene anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, Luke's got a fight coming up, he was saying. Yes. September, right? Or September 4th. He's yeah, on that card. Right. Oh, he's on the same card. Yeah. Yeah, I want to go to it. He said it was going to be up. Was it Marconi? I think they did the last one at Mar- Oh, you know what? They might have changed the venue. I, I think. Well, Can I'll, you find out, Sion? Because I, I want to um, I want to go, man. I used yeah. to go. So I got a mate who used to be, um, he used to fight out of Full Force. Right. His friends. Yes, yes, yes. We used yes. to watch his Muay Thai fights, man. We used to go to St. Mary's Band Club and all the little local scenes where, he used to, where they used to do their mm. fights. Um, but I watched um, Urban Fight Night. 
I watched. I, I actually subscribed to the, the Facebook and watched a few of their live ones. And on UFC Fight Pass, Eternal MMA. Yes. That is a fucking awesome uh, company, man. Uh, Eternal are, are killing it, man. Dude, I had no idea. Yeah, no, they're killing it. They're... Like, as as much respect as I have for Urban Fight Night, I have to say there's a level of professionalism and just exposure that Eternal gives fighters that right. really puts them in a direct path yeah. to the UFC. That's not saying that they can't do it on Urban. It's completely possible. People it's very close. It before. He's, he's very close. Um, but I think Eternal just has this air of professionalism that it's, no other association has. And I think, you know, they've been in the game longer and, they've you know, they've got a lot of talent on there. They've got... You know, um, Caleb Rideout, Jacinta Austin, yeah. you know, Lockjaw, Justin Van Herdeen, like they, Josh Kuhn. Josh, Josh Kuhn, Kuhn absolutely. Well. Bro, I don't know he's not, has he hasn't had the call up yet. It's uh, it's very, it's, uh, what's he, 33? Yeah. It's he's a getting, tough gig, man. It is. It's getting close to that, that yeah. age bracket, you know? Yeah. Um, I watched him on an eternal card, and me and both me and my wife were like, Bro, who the fuck is this guy? He's just, man, he blew the doors off the place. Have you watched Caleb Vibe? No. You have to watch him fight. Okay. What's he's, his name? Caleb? Caleb Rideout. He's the Rideout. crazy horse. I'll okay. send you his profile. Send me crazy. Yeah. This, if you can have him on the podcast, I mean, this guy is incredible. He just, it's spinning elbows, flying knees, yeah, everything mad. you like we'll in a fight. It. doesn't take you to the ground. It's just all striking. Yeah, nice. And he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, man. He doesn't give a fuck. Like just a leaves it all out there. Leaves it, leaves out it all out there. Yeah, that's good, man. I, I really got, like, I really enjoy Eternal. So when can we see you in the cage? <laughs> nah, nah. Come on. I, um, um, I, I like jujitsu, bro. I yeah. like I like to be honest with you. When I watch like an MMA fight, I, I fully love I love the striking, but I prefer I like the wrestling too. It's almost something I love because I'm noticing it's a trend, right? The wrestlers in the in the in the higher elite levels of mixed martial arts are the dominating ones most of the time. Like Usman is one of the best fighters in the world, um, and his his wrestling base is phenomenal. And when you see when you see these elite guys get down and do their thing when they're wrestling, it is just so magical to watch. If you ever get the chance, I don't know if you probably may have seen this Michael Chandler rolling with Usman in the gym. I haven't. Oh, yeah. Maybe I can get it up. Yeah, pull it up, bro. It is. It's magical. Oh look, hey, look, that's me. There you go. Subscribe. Subscribe. I actually did subscribe, bro. Awesome. That, yeah, this while while this is up, this episode is fucking awesome because you spoke to Masood Chopin, yeah. who was diagnosed with Parkinson's mm -hmm. a few years ago. At 35, man. At 35, no, and he's a fucking bodybuilder. No like genetic prerequisites, no signs of anything going wrong in his life. He's fit, he's a powerlifter his whole life. He worked as a Seki for like 10 years, and then he goes on to lift some weights one day and just randomly his left yeah, arm. Yeah, he was up. He was pushing 65s. Yeah. <laughs> 65s incline yeah. is, is some serious weight. It's a lot. And, and to get the wobbles. Sorry, and then yeah. he just lost his left arm completely and it started shaking and it's developed down to his leg. And he's had Parkinson's for, I'd say, at least four years now, although don't quote me on that. And he, you know, still remains so positive and so humble. He went into a bodybuilding competition after getting Parkinson's and placed legend. third in the IFWB. Wow. Like, this is the kind of stories that you get with podcasting that you just don't get anywhere so else. So true. You know, he had a, like a three-minute stint on the SBS and then was completely ignored. That's it. He just tried hitting up Channel 7, Channel 9, Channel 10. No one would give him the time of day. And then I just randomly bump into him. And I'm hearing this story. I'm like, how does no one know that you exist? Bro, like, you know, I watched a video of him working out. So I just Googled his name and went in and I started to look him because I was really interested, bro, straight out. And there's a clip of him working out and he's in the gym 
and it's it's with Parkinson's, and it's oh, he's probably pushing thirty fives or forties. Yeah, and it's like, bro, this guy is a beast. I can't even push thirty five. No, neither like, can I. Fuck, nuts. I like, you know, he he's he's um. And when he was sitting there, you could see on the video, like, look at him, bro. He's fucking massive. Yeah. To have, you'd never tell this guy's got part. Look at the fight. Look at the shredded. Look at this trap. Yeah. Look at this tricep, bro. I've um, linked him up with um, Jimmy Sedex. I hope they oh, can nice. do some work with him. Yeah, that's good. They've got a, like a neuromuscular electronic stimulation device. Yeah. I, I saw like, that um, that he commented on your um, yeah. on your post. On, was it on this video, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. And good um, on you. he's got a device that supposedly retrains the neuromuscular system so that it controls your nerves endings. And so for example, if you were like, let's say you've got a wrist issue, right? There's a certain point in which your brain just doesn't know to push past. So Mm. it's almost like a defense mechanism where the nerves just won't push past a certain point because it's trying to protect the injury, even though the injury is completely healed. And with this device, you just strap it into you and it pulsates like this electricity into your arm and it overrides those wow. nerves and allows, gives you full range of motion again. You're kidding. Yeah. Well, that's fucking insane. So he, has he started using it? Do you know? I linked them up and, you know, it's up to them to right. decide what to do with it. Phenomenal. Anyways, but- let's see this wrestling. Um, we digress. Yes. Kamura Usman versus Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler. Dude, this is, um, this is special. Usman's fighting soon, isn't he? Yeah, on Sunday. Sunday. Look at this. Oh, my God. Look at this. God. This is poultry in motion. Look at this. For the people that are listening to this, you need to jump on Google or YouTube and just type Kamaru Usman and share wow, the rest Wow, there's so much flow it. to it, what yeah, they're doing. That's, the, that's it. It's just fluid, man. They don't stop. The flexibility, the, the yep. speed, the intensity. Look at it. But there's real technique the whole way. Oh, that's a meme. <laughs> so, like, like when, you, when I watch this mm. and then you have to factor in striking. Yeah. Um... You really appreciate someone like like I I'd say Usman's probably at the moment my favorite fighter, and behind him of all time GSP, and then at the moment it's Usman man. Where's he, Khabib sit on your level? Khabib, look, I give Khabib, he's he's up there, right? But I I, I give Usman more props because I feel like Usman's had harder harder opponents, right? That's why I feel like Usman's been fighting some some real gangster fighters. I'm not saying Khabib hasn't, um. But what Khabib fought Gaethje, Port, like you know, it's. Anyways, we'll talk about that after this. Yeah. But I do. I fucking. One of the things I really respect about wrestlers is just their flexibility, man. You have to like have full range of motion in any position, no matter how uncomfortable. That's right. Like they just randomly did the splits there, and we just kind of they're already on to the next thing. And look at the sp- look at the speed where mm. as soon as one of them gets. Put on their back the other one they're looking for the for the other one where they yeah. are to make sure they're not getting dominated mm. so like you won't see this type of wrestling in a normal wrestling this is insane bro these guys yeah. are like the highest level yeah but when when you um when you factor in that these guys their ability to do what they do and like bro, look at that that's just insane and Usman, Usman is a lot bigger than Chandler as well right that's the other thing when you're wrestling Obviously, yeah, Chandler's a strong Usman guy. Yeah, because cuts a lot of weight, doesn't he? He does, but he's when you're um when you're on the mats, bro, your weight distribution gets minimized. Like he weighs seventy kilos for like three minutes. Yeah, yeah, and then he's like back to where. And then you 100. see him on fight day, and he's just, yeah, yes. bro, he's massive, bro. But he's tall. Yes. You know what? So when I went to the Melbourne card, and I saw Israel Adesanya fight, I I realized how tall and how big he is because mm. his head is it's almost like half a head over the cage <laughs> it's huge bro yeah Usman is basically almost there like he's a tall and he's massive that's why he fucking broke colby's jaw like he yeah. sent him but um but for, to answer your question about khabib i put him in a separate category 
I have my little categories in my head. <laughs> Khabib for me, I love and respect him because he's just so dedicated to everything he does. Mm-hmm. Whether it's training, whether it's fighting, whether it's his family, he's dedicated. And that's what I really respect about him. Yeah. That's why he's on the fucking wall, bro, because he's the, he's the GOAT. Mm-hmm. In terms of elite, I, I give Kamara the elite name of the pound for pound for me because he's a better striker than Khabib. Yeah, Dana had a similar take on that recently where he said that, um, you know, Khabib should be one of the greats, but he retired too early. Um, yeah, I could. I definitely agree with that because there's so much more talent left to go in that I division. I would have liked to see a Khabib Oliveira from that Oh, job. bro. That's probably would have been his biggest challenge because Oliveira's wrestling goes is very underrated. He's a great and he's striking his too. Although he's a black belt jujitsu, yeah, he's striking is fucking awesome. Well, he takes chances, man. That's why I love him. He takes chances. Yes. He's not as scared. That's right. To throw hands, he's not as scared to get himself in bad positions because he's one of those fighters where you don't want to take him to the ground. So no. you just have to give him time to recover. That's like Usman too, though. Up. Like yeah, when he yeah. fights Colby, bro, he actually he actually leaves. He he puts so much risk. In the mm. fight, and he still comes out, and he just puts it all out there. Yeah, he's a real champ, bro. He's good. Yeah, like you can't deny the. I'm not saying you can't, but it's just. I, I really, I think he's probably one of the best to do it in the last ten years, man. What so- do you think separates um, fighters that we know have exceptional talent, like Caleb Brightout and Josh Kuhn and Jacinta Austin, these local names that have, you know, obviously have a very strong skill set? What do you think separates them from the elites? Because we're talking about percentages now. We are. I, I, um, I think it comes down big part is discipline. Right. I think discipline's a massive thing. And I, and I think the desire. You know, you always hear, like there's a clip of Oliveira talking about he was going to be the UFC champ like seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's a champ. You know, it's that envision. Conor McGregor was the greatest one to do that. Mm-hmm. Like he was going through that period where he knew he was going to be the champ. Oh, goosebumps. He fucking <laughs> knew. He just knew it. And when you have that determination and that discipline to be the best, nothing can stop you. Mm. Like, bro, Jose Aldo, in my opinion, is one of the greatest featherweights of all time. Hadn't eaten, haven't touched canvas in 10 years. McGregor steps on the scene and within six months, he ends everything in 13 seconds. That for me was spectacular, as much as an Aldo fan that I am. But bro, honestly, I think a big part of it's discipline and that just that that desire. Because if you're talented and and you know you're good and you want it, who, the only thing stopping you is you. Yeah, that's very true. But I mean, I think if we looked at it from a more generic perspective, right? Like right. take it out of MMA into right. general life. There's a lot, like, there's so much hunger and there's so much desire in specific individuals that are trying to break it out there. And they look at this, the next level, right? So, you know, take podcasting, for example, right? Yeah. You might look at someone like Jordan Peterson, or you might look at someone like Tim Dillon, or you might look at someone like Joe Rogan and say, man, like what separates me from you in that ability to hit the next level? Mm. And, I, I don't have an answer for it yet. I don't know what it what the difference is in your ability to execute and their ability to execute. Okay, so I sort of can give you a somewhat of a response. Like Rogan, if, in my opinion, anyway, Rogan had fear factor to carry him. Right, so just give him that presence. People know him. Yeah, he's got a recognizable face. Um, that was probably his his biggest asset. And then getting onto the UFC, obviously, is, a, is the other part where his face was on this TV every week. Yeah, but the UFC was nothing. It was nothing, but it was exposure, right? And, he, and having the fear factor, number one, would have paid him, paid him well, so he had money. Mm-hmm. And number two, he had some sort of recognition. He knew the right people too, like to be friends with Dana White. And yeah. Obviously, Dana White back then was not Dana White today, but 
he made the right – and I, look, when you talk to people that have done well for themselves in success, a lot of them will say, the, you know, the things like discipline and all these types of things, but the other thing is timing. One of the biggest parts of success is being in the right place at the right time and actually taking – if you see an opportunity, taking the opportunity. So you always hear Rogan talk about – you know, he wanted to start the podcast and didn't give two fucks about all this stuff. If you watch the first episode, it was him and Red Band just like answering questions on a live thing. It's the it's weirdest to yeah. see him go from that to where he is now. Yeah. But what I think what separates Rogan from from an from an average dude like you and I is we're not average. You know, we're not Rogan. But what separates him is is he just he's consistent and he does what he wants, right? And but to to be able to do what you want, you need a few things. Maybe money would help time you know these are sort of things that he had in his favor which i think was probably giving him the opportunity to have these leg ups yeah he invested companies and he's got honored and all these other little things end up being a big thing and then boom spotify you know and then off you go so it's just that ability to consistently rock up and consistently do the right things and consistently make the right decisions yeah i think and giving yourself as many opportunities to succeed as possible because i bet he's had ventures that we don't hear about that probably flopped or failed or didn't do as well as he expected and we just celebrate the ones that have done well. We celebrate him commentating the UFC. We celebrate the Joe Rogan experience. We celebrate Honor. We celebrate Alpha Brain. But we don't look at the 10 other companies that failed. Well, and that's so true. And the other thing, the UFC, right? Like if you're an MMA fan and you're hearing him at his peak when he's talking, breaking down a fight, what this guy's doing. And if he puts his leg here, he'll get the rude naked choke. And he's got the rude naked yeah. choke. You're like, oh my God, this guy knows everything. Yeah. That's what also draws you to want to listen to him talk more. Mm. And it, particularly when he gets fighters on. I'm like, yeah, I want to, I'm really, like the Aljamain Sterling one. I don't really like Aljamain, but I really wanted to hear it. Does anyone like Aljamain Sterling? Not many. <laughs> but I wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to hear it, man, because it's, it's Rogan talking about what he loves. Yeah. Um, so, bro, the opportunity thing, it's not everybody gets the opportunities. Mm. But you've got to create them yourself at the same time. Like I'm, I'm always reaching out to people on Instagram, just seeing if I can reach out and do a podcast with them. Like it's always just trying to connect. Yeah. Whether I send 50 messages and one drops or I send 10 and no drop, I'm, I'm always trying to create that opportunity. And when that one drops, I take it. You know, like for example, our, our opportunity to do this, we got pushed back a few times and mucked around. And it's like, boom, let's do it. Time and place, bang. Yeah. Lock it in. Like there's no... Like it's just always about trying to be be in the right place at the right time. It's yeah. hard to try and figure out how to do yeah, that. Tony but. Robbins has this great expression that it's you know ultimately every human decision comes down to the need to avoid pain and the need to gain pleasure. Mm. And so when you can hardwire your brain to see as wanting the thing as getting pleasure and avoiding pain, then you're hot wired for success and you're constantly going to be able to find success so for example take something like Mm. training right like just going to the gym and training for a lot of people the pain is i don't want to go to gym it's going to take too long it's going to take a um it's going to it's going to be a lot of energy that i don't want to spend i've got other things i'd rather do so there's a lot of pain associated with the gym whereas someone who does go to the gym finds a lot of pain in not going to the gym so Mm. you know if i don't go to the gym i'm going to lose my gains i'm not going to feel as good i'm not going to have as much energy it's the exact same exercise of going to the gym but the way you perceive (laughs) it is different and then it's the same on the pleasure end right so if i just avoid going to the gym it's going to be you know, I can stay home and watch Netflix and eat junk food and hang out and see the boys. 
But for the person that does go to the gym, it's like I'm going to feel better. I'm going to have more energy. I'm going to accomplish something. I'm going to be motivated. I'm yeah. working towards my goals. So I think perspective has a big play into it. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. I agree because you, it's like the glass half full, mm-hmm. you know. And and that that analogy of the person that trains, if they don't train, they feel like they've lost. Yeah, you know that's important, man. Because you know it's like when you when you're and, and Rogan. Again, we talk about Rogan a lot, but again, like he's, he's the godfather. Like a lot of people, <laughs> he's a, the lot sensei, of people yeah. <laughs> a lot of people hate the cliche of, oh, you want to be the next Rogan. But dude, like he literally laid the foundations. Bro, as if you wouldn't want to be the next Rogan. Yeah. Like the guy's got a pretty good life. Oh, exactly. He lives on a massive fuck off property. Mm. He's got his own shit. He does whatever he wants. Whenever. He gets it's, to hang out with Kanye whenever he likes. Like that's He hangs cool. out with some of the coolest cats in the world. Yeah. Like even like back to, you know, Tim Dillon. Tim Dillon, he's good because he is himself. He's gay, but you wouldn't know it, right? Yeah. Have you ever watched watch his podcast? I he's got love his Tim he's got his glasses on. You think he's he's had about fifteen hits of fucking acid or something? <laughs> he's just going on a tear, dude. I would go to my mate's house on a Friday. And we'd get we'd blaze a joint and just watch Tim Dillon. Yeah. His podcast on YouTube and just watch the the best of Tim Dillon, for example. Yeah. And just hear him rant, and the rants are just it's so Priceless. good. You cannot you cannot no one can emulate Tim Dillon. Yeah. And then we went and saw him when he came to to Sydney. <gasps> You're Bro, kidding. You fucked up. You missed out on one. Oh, no. I got, oh, so we smoked two joints. Um, the second one we shared with strangers that walked past, mm-hmm. we got too high. Like I was yeah. like watching it like that, bro. Like, really <laughs> but we were just, it was 45 minutes of just nonstop laughing. Yeah. He's so good because that's, that's what you hear on the podcast. Yeah. It's him. But they're, they're the real ones, man. Like Chappelle. Chappelle mm. is just bro, as real as you get. So, bro. Tim Dillon actually has a special out on Netflix right Yeah, now. he just dropped it. Yeah, yeah. man. Like these guys, when you, when, Again, look, they're funny. Let's be real. Tim mm. Dillon is a funny guy. Rogan's funny. He's, inte- he's, he's intelligent as well, but he's, he's very funny. So people laugh. People want to laugh. People want to have a good time. I think it's a myriad of things. But once you find, once you find something that you're good at, which is, for example, podcasting, it just takes time. You've got to grind. Mm. Like Rogan's been grinding since what? When did he start? 2005 or something? Yeah. Bro, the guy's just been doing it nonstop. Mm-hmm. So it's just consistency. Yeah, that's one thing that you're good at, but bro, you're always on. Like always you're always on. got. I'm gonna jump on my Instagram and boom, Lucas podcast. Always on. There's always something. Give us a follow. We're there. Yeah, give him a follow. Well, man, on that note, um, maybe we'll drop a little uh, a little plug for Lucas podcast. You're on all the places where you get good good shit. Mm-hmm. Apple, uh, Spotify. So YouTube. I've actually decided to dilute away from Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, interesting. So we're strictly on YouTube. Oh right! Yeah. Is there any particular reason for that, or so anyone that watches the podcast know that it's our mission to hit a thousand subscribers yeah. by yeah. the end of this year? Subscribe, yeah. subscribe, subscribe! Yeah, um, jump on and do that. Do that, and it what it. I think by having it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, while it does make it more listenable for people, if you only have it available on the one channel, then they have to watch it on YouTube yeah. and they're more likely to subscribe. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. And you want to grow that 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 platform, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, primarily YouTube. I think um, the engine of YouTube is just the best one. I think, you know, billions of hours of content get put up every single like every single day. Yeah. And I think they've just got – they're optimized for the best. Sure, Instagram Reels is great. TikTok Reels uh, – TikTok short and YouTube Shorts are great and they are powerful in distributing a message. But I think long-term, YouTube is just going to be there forever. It doesn't yeah. mean I won't touch Spotify. It doesn't mean I won't touch Apple Podcasts. It's just until we hit 1,000 subscribers, it's not going to be there. So you might as well subscribe. Bro, I love it. I love how you just do what you want. 
Yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah. Luca, my man. Listen, man, thank, thank you, you for much. having me on. And honestly, I have to say once again, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. I really appreciate you bringing me on. Bro, thank and you. And you laid the foundation for all of this, man. So thank you. Thank you, my man. My man, we'll do this again, hopefully one day. Yeah, well, you got to come out to my studio now. I'm not, that's definitely on the cards. Yeah. We'll do that next. Sweet. Thank you, brother. Thanks, guys. Thank you.